The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, happy October. I'm just still, like, feeling really sneezy and, like, stuffy. <laughs> and as I was saying, I felt like it was, like, the kid in the cartoon <laughs> as I was saying 176. So I apologize if I am not up to par today. Um, but very excited. Oh, thank you. Uh, very excited about another listener question episode. We usually do these back to back episode 175. Um, we took three questions. And so this is part two. And we, you know, we love to hear from you guys. We love when you record yourself sending us questions. And um, we try to like, I don't know, run the gamut as far as which ones we select to cover um, yeah. you know, age ranges, different kinds of topics, stuff like that. So if you've sent us a question in the past and we haven't covered it, we might still in the future, we might make it into its own episode. Um, but right last week we actually covered, it was kind of a, a pretty diverse yeah. group of issues. There was a tricky neighbor situation. Yes. Um, not a that biting... tricky a neighbor, not like a, not like a creepy neighbor situation. No, I re- no. The neighbor situation itself was the, tricky, not yes. tricky neighbor. I, I applied the <laughs> adjective to the wrong object so the situation is the object of the sentence not the yes. neighbor um a biting toddler yep love those and mom meltdowns oh, yeah. and this week we're going to talk about strong-willed children uh judgment about family size and spacing i definitely can speak to that yep um and kid crushes and puppy love and also giving gifts to grandparents so we've got four i love it yeah we're gonna get going Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. 
Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So should we jump in? Yeah. So Stacy recorded her question. Woohoo! Should we just go ahead and play it? Yeah, let's just play it. Hi, Megan and Sarah. This is Stacy from Montana. My question today is, do either of you have a strong-willed child? My son is four years old and he is the definition of a strong-willed child. I currently struggle with how to discipline him and facing daily challenges of just how to parent him. And so my question for you is, both of you is, have either of you had a strong-willed child and how did you handle that? One of my biggest concerns is that my parenting will end up pushing him away and I don't want to damage our relationship as we butt heads with his behavior and I feel like I'm not parenting him in the best way. Also, since you both have older children, if you've had a strong-willed child or you do have a strong-willed child, just for some maybe hope and inspiration that in the future there are some positive things to come from having a strong-willed child, which I know that there are, but it's hard to see right now as I am in the daily battle with my four-year-old strong-willed child. Thank you. Okay, Stacy. thank you for the question. So what's kind of funny is last week we had a question um, that wasn't really, it was about mom meltdowns, but yes. it also involved a strong-willed child. And so we actually went into kind of a lot about yeah. that specific kind of relationship. I think the answer is yes, we both had strong-willed children. Do you want to call out your strong-willed children by name or maybe talk about phases or ages that were particularly strong-willed? You want to hear something interesting? <laughs> Isaac was definitely my strongest-willed child as probably up to age four or five. Uh-huh. And now I would call him like my biggest softie. Which is interesting. Very just, just interesting. A observation. And how old is he now? For those who don't he's, know, he's eighteen. He got up at six o'clock this morning to build a dresser for me. Oh, like it was half done. Yeah. Um, but he was helping me last night, and he had to go to bed, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, I'll get up early tomorrow. And then I woke up, and it was done. I couldn't oh, believe it. Anyway, I know, really right? Sweet. So sometimes the I think that the, the he's also very disciplined about guitar. I mean, he's just really a cool kid, and I think sometimes the things that make a four year old feel impossible. Yeah. Are the things that make a 14 year old and beyond awesome. And, you know, he definitely started to like figure some of that stuff out in his elementary school years. But what I also think is interesting is Owen is also a strong willed child. However, it manifested differently. Yep. And I experienced it differently yep. with Owen. So some of that is because he's just got a different personality and his strong willedness came out more through st- extreme stubbornness yeah. and extreme like having to be right about everything and like that kind of stuff. But also by that point, I had four kids and I just didn't 
pay as much attention to him. So the experience of having even two strong-willed children can be very different. Yes. Um, but I, what I think was really interesting is one of the things we talked about last week was that power struggle dynamic that can come yeah. between a strong-willed kid and their parent. And I think sometimes you have to be a little hands-off for that to not get so under your skin. So yeah. that's like the first thing I'll say. And Sarah, I'll let you answer about your strong-willed yeah. child or children. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I would say I have one for sure. Strong-willed child is my third child. Um, just very high energy, very high emotional, like everything's a big deal. So it's like, it's high physical energy, high drama, easily provoked. And then also a provoker, like also a trouble starter. But then I also have my middle child who's now eight. And I talked about him more at length in, when we answered Sherry's question last week, um, was, challenging to parent in the four, five, six-year-old. And I, I don't know that I would have defined it as strong-willed, but like really emotionally charged, really inflexible, and definitely deals with some anxiety and like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So um, between the two for sure, but I think Violet is the, Violet gets the label. We don't like to label well, kids, but... We don't, in, but like she's such an outward manifestation yeah. of it. Like she projects yes. her strong-willedness so yes. hard. Um, and that does make it a little bit different because then not only is it you dealing with it, but the world yes, is dealing with it. It's yeah. outwardly apparent. So, yeah. okay. So let me say a couple of things. Um, I, I always come back to that thing, you know, like that old thing. And I don't think it's true probably, but they say like, oh, if you have an easy pregnancy, you might have a difficult infant or the hardest infants that give you such a hard colicky time. They turn out to be the easiest toddlers or like you said, that, about actually, Isaac. that was actually true for me, like right. four times out of five. Right. Oh, and then baby, Isaac, like, the crazy toddler turns out yep. to be the sweetest teenager. So I am going to like draw an analogy here that like you in your motherhood, like like lottery that you drew, you're going to have like some things that are way harder than other parents and some things that are easier. And I think the sooner we can sort of like um, detach from like. I did this or this is being yes. done to me or I'm yep. messing this up. It's not like bad or good. It just is. So you have a strong-willed kid. I think there's some real pluses to that. I think there's there's articles you can read about how strong-willed children thrive later. And there's some great things because all of us who've had a really um, timid kid or a kid who has trouble asserting their opinions, that's a different challenge when you get into yep. things like peer pressure and the teen years. So like it's none of it is bad or good. It just is what is. And I think you and I can say that from from like the benefit of hindsight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it any easier. So Stacy, I love that she said one of her biggest concerns is that parenting, like coming to blows with this strong-willed child will end up pushing him away. And she doesn't want to damage their relationship as they kind of butt heads over behavior. So first of all, I think the fact that you even know that that's a thing right. puts you in the top 1% of parents who understand kind of child development and emotional learning. And so you are probably already doing so great. And all I would say to that is <laughs> having a strong-willed kid requires a lot more forgiveness of yourself because mm -hmm. you're going to probably mess up more than, you, not mess up, but like we talked about with Sherry last week and the and the mom meltdowns, they're going to provoke you more than an easy kid yep. would. So you're going to have more opportunities to apologize and to kind of yep. own up to your mistakes. Um, so it requires, and it also requires a lot of forgiveness of the kid. Like strong-willed kids are not put on this earth to make your life miserable. They're not doing things to torment you. They yes. are asserting their independence and they're probably dealing with something. So I think a lot of strong-willed kids are struggle with either sensory issues or anxiety issues. And I don't mean just at like the clinical level where you've got to go see somebody about it, but underneath that they are, there's something that's making it 
harder for them to regulate. And in a lot of cases that you can just do some reading and do some learning and and support that kid. Or sometimes maybe it is a situation where you want to get some kind of professional help either for yourself or the kid. But strong-willed kids aren't, they're not doing it to be difficult. They're doing it for a reason. And so I think that along with the letting go of like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't your yeah. fault or anyone's fault. Um, you just have to kind of like, just let go and hang on for the ride. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, um, Stacey also said she feels like she's not parenting her son in the best way, which made me go like that. Oh, like I know that yeah. feeling like, but there, there just isn't a best way. That's there the problem the because way. you're learning as you go and the kids learning you as you go. And like, it's your specific relation. It's the thing about parenting is this a relationship, right? Yeah. So there's not like a book you can follow or a formula or a, there's no best practices because it is totally and completely dependent on your specific relationship with your kid. I think if you start to feel better about the way you're doing things, you're probably on the right track. If you start to feel worse about what you're doing, maybe it's time to readjust. But like the idea that there's a best way, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that that is a thing. Um, I would also just encourage anyone who's listening, who heard Stacey's question and identified with it to go back and listen to the last episode, because I feel like we dug into this on almost every topic. This whole the how to set up that relationship, how to take care of yourself, um, motives. Why you know when we assign motives that aren't there. Yeah, um, we hit on that pretty heavily. Oh yeah, time. and that was with the biting too. So there's yep. a lot of themes. Yes, um, I want to say something about uh, like limit pushing with, especially with a four year old. And this is something I had to learn since my strong willed child was my third child. My like reflex reaction to things is no, like no, please don't do that. Please get down from there. Please don't climb yep. that. Please don't speak to your brother that way. Um, And I think strong-willed children, we have to really challenge ourselves to think about what, how many no's am I giving out a day and how many yeses and what are the hills worth dying on? What are the battles worth picking? Because a strong-willed kid is like internally driven to push boundaries. And that's the part that like, I just didn't have that with my first two kids. And that's why I say when I say Reed was hard to parent at this age, I wouldn't define it as strong will. Um, because it wasn't that boundary, that internal resistance to authority that yeah. some kids have. Um, so you like you have an opportunity, Stacey, to look very carefully at like what are the boundaries that this kid needs for safety, for emotional health, for your relationship, and then what things can you ignore and let go, and how many times can you say yes or give this kid the opportunity to be big and mm-hmm. expressive and emotional. I mean, strong-willed kids need, they're like puppies. They need lots yep. of exercise. They need lots of laughter, lots of play. I love, I love where um, child development is going with the importance of um, not just importance of play, like for preschoolers, but like the actual release that happens when kids are like just running or playing yep. or spinning. Um, a, a strong-willed kid who isn't getting enough of that is not is going to make your life a living you know what so like a puppy making sure that they are you know exercised and sleeping well and and sort of like that baseline is probably more important for a strong-willed kid because they're just going to get off kilter and and then it starts that cycle of like now you're having to discipline more now you're feeling guilty or unsure about the way you're disciplining um so it's just then it gets into that cycle so i don't know where i was going with that but just pick your battles and and know that they're going to they they have to push boundaries. So that maybe makes you have to rethink where your boundaries are, especially if you've parented other kids and they weren't like this. Another thing we touched on in the last episode, and I totally agree with everything you just said, is that sometimes we 
are buzzing at such a high level of anticipation Ooh, yes. and and prejudging things that haven't even happened yet and borrowing trouble. And some there's something to be said for checking out a little bit yes. as a mom. Yes. Um, a little benign neglect, a little I'm not paying, I don't see you, la, 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 fingers and ears. Yep. I know that can be really hard to do, especially if it's your first time with a, a strong old child, especially if you're the kind of mom who's like really hands-on. Right. Um, but I think that that's probably what made the biggest difference between my first strong-willed child and my yeah. second. They were both really strong-willed. I just cared less the second time around. So my experience was better and I felt like there was less drama between you, us. You take it less personally. I'll tell a cute yes. story about last night and my strong-willed child. So um, she's very emotionally volatile. So the smallest thing can set her off. And I was helping her. She wanted to write something. She's in kindergarten. And so she wanted to write and it wasn't fitting. The letters weren't fitting on the page. You know how they get so frustrated yep. and her frustration just goes like through the roof. So she, she yelled at me, kicked me out of her room. I was in her room helping her and she made a big sign for her bedroom door that had an S crossed out. Like Sarah can't come in. And then every <laughs> other family member's name had like a star next to it. Right. So it was very clear. Hilarious. Like I was banished. You and, were shunned. <laughs> and my other kids were almost, they almost were like empathetic to, to me. Oh, and I think she you. might've even yelled, you're a terrible mother. I mean, she really like, she went all the way. And I, like you said, the rise above and the just not taking it personally. Um, I always go back and say, you know, I don't like to be yelled at and I'm not going to be as willing to help if you treat me like that. And so I always address it, but like, I don't let it get to me. And it was so cute because the other kids were almost like, their feelings were hurt for me with the big sign my, my name X'd out on the door. They were like, I'm sorry, mom. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's okay. Like, it's just okay. Like it doesn't, I don't take it personally. I, kn I know I'm not a terrible mother. And I know that she actually wants me and needs me in that room. She just like, you know, exploded like she does a million yep. times a day. And so and she's, she's testing, like, what can yeah. I do that? What, how, how far can I push you? And you'll still love me. I mean, that's like, like classic yes. right so it's it's almost like flattering if you look at it that way and the fact that a strong-willed child will off uh, child will often be the worst that they can be to the mom yes is, absolutely it's actually a compliment it is even though it doesn't feel like and it. i have one more thing i think to say about holding boundaries and and choosing your boundaries because that's the thing with a strong-willed kid is they will they will needle away at your boundaries until they start to wear them down and ultimately what they need they need to know what are the real boundaries that are not like negotiable that are not yeah. movable and the problem with them pushing and pushing and pushing and then you giving in a little bit all over the place is that line becomes very clear so to me yeah. it's better to look the other way or say yes more than you might and then when it's time for a boundary you got to hold firm because they do want and need those it just gets so hard because they push everything and it's hard to keep track yeah. of like what am i what am I allowing today? Like, what's okay? And I, I'm, I'm in it. Like, I, I, I'm not consistent all the time either. Like, what's okay? Is it okay to yell at me that you're a terrible mother and stomp upstairs? Like, does that, does that require a response right away, or am I gonna ignore it? It might depend on the day. Yeah, yeah. You can always do like you get to decide. <laughs> in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's some great articles on strong-willed kids. I see them on Facebook a lot, like just kind of encouragement. So I'll see if I can link some up in the show notes too, Stacy, and I'll put them at themomhour.com for you. So hang in there. Okay, so this question comes from Jenna, um, and it's something I can definitely relate to. I'll read, I'll read her email. Hi, Megan and Sarah. I have a question. Have you ever faced judgment or at least intrusive questioning into your family size or spacing? We recently found out we're expecting our fifth and I'm vaguely nervous to field unwanted comments on my decision to have another since I got some negative comments on having a fourth. 
My husband and I are delighted to have another and always wanted a big family, but it still stings when people project their experiences onto me. Thanks in advance. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is I experienced my first negative comment about my family size when I got pregnant with number three and I couldn't believe it. Wow. And it wasn't even really like outwardly negative. Someone just said, well, what are you going to do with three kids? And I said the same thing I do with two. I, I just remember feeling like, what? Like I have to apologize for having two kids or three kids. So I mean, I think it's all relative and a big family to one person yeah. will be different from a big family to another person. Um, a little bit of, I guess, reassurance. I didn't get, I was really nervous about the fifth, but I did not get um, like proportionately more negative comments for number five than I got for four. I think four was weird, like, you know, like hands down weird to a lot of people. Yeah, four is and, like a big divide, I think. Yes, Three is becoming five, more common. Yeah, and five wasn't that much weirder. So like I didn't get like a big rush of negative comments on number five that I hadn't gotten with number four. And a lot of people had gotten it out of their system with number four. Right. <laughs> so like I, I really didn't feel like I was more... um like I was more criticized. I think I had also gotten more comfortable as a mom with a big family and like kind of ate it up a little bit when I would be walking around and people were like, whoa, you've got your hands full. Uh, and people do say really dumb things. Sometimes yeah. the intent is great and sometimes the intent is not. And I think um, I try to assume, assume positive intent when possible. So if people say you've got your hands full, um, I try to take that as like a compliment toward me that I am managing things well, whether or not it's actually said that way is, you know, probably the uh, well I don't know yeah <laughs> you know who knows what people actually think when they say stuff but the more you walk around feeling like people are watching you and judging you the more you maybe take things not in the way that they were meant yeah um, so that's just the first thing I'd say what about you Sarah yeah, I know you, I know three is not huge but like it is it is pushing it for some people yeah I I don't think I got really much negative comments or judgment. I think the closer your babies are, I yes. think that invites more. So mine were just at the two year, two and a half year where it's like societal, societally acceptable <laughs> to yeah. like be having another one. So I can't say from personal experience, but I was very curious to hear yours because five kids is, you know, four puts you in big kid or big family territory and five yep. is like the next level. So it is, I, I just find it fascinating and I'm going to like, I'm going to give all the grandparent age and above a free pass and just say like, they're just saying, dumb they're just stuff. saying, well, like, and they're just saying something to have something to say to you. Exactly. Like, yeah, and and so. most of them are well-meaning and even the ones that aren't, I feel like, okay, just nod past the potatoes. Right. right? Isn't that what we say? Like, yeah. The, yeah. But I still find, so taking them out of the equation, I find it kind of baffling that any adult would say anything other than congratulations to No, I do too. It is baffling. It's just like not cool, guys. Like you don't ask like I I don't know, you don't make you don't make the comment. So this question to me is like ah, uh, I want to give Jenna the like you said, the confidence in number 5 is like just evidence that they rocked four so well yes. that like hopefully people will be like, "Yeah, you guys should have a fifth because yeah, you awesome. got this down." Yeah. And so, I definitely felt that way more with number five. I felt the intent. I felt the criticism so much more intently with number four. And I agree. It, it is weird that people say stuff. I think sometimes it's a weird, nervous thing. They don't know what else to say. So they just blurt something out. Um, but I've gotten, I mean, there are people who have said to me, literally like looked at me and gone, well, better you than me. And there's nothing to say to that than probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I really did have like, like real, and I didn't say them in a mean way, but I would just have like a little couple little statements that I would make that were two or three words. And I would say like, I love it. 
Yeah. Or something like that. Or people say like, I'm blessed or whatever. I mean, yeah, I think um, that's probably good. With a having- smile on your face and walk away. Cause, because whether it's coming from a place of cluelessness or a place of mean spiritedness or just real negativity about motherhood in general, which you will hit the minute you become a legit breeder, which four puts you at legit breeder yeah. status, but like five is really there. People are suspicious of you because they, they know you love kids. It's weird. Yeah. Like there's this weird thing. Like, well, they're looking um, for a reason. Are you extremely religious? Are yes. you, um, you do you know, not know how to use birth control? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you not believe in birth control? Um, like, yeah, it, it, people will say really, really dumb things. And I think you just, you just have to have the little responses that you can use that kind of shut things down. Yeah. I like, without I like having like engage. your arsenal for each one. I, there's something um, a little bit sexist, I think, about the implication that it's out. First of all, the comments are usually Always directed at, the mom. at yeah. the mom and she may be the one that's out or visibly pregnant or whatever. There's also this implication that like she hasn't thought this through, which I find yep. very, very offensive. <laughs> like, yep. you know, that's going to be expensive. Five college tuitions, like all of the yep. all of the comments. Um, So I like your idea as opposed to being mad or sort of like bitter or, you know, or even defensive, defensive about it's it. More just having like, you know, your little canned response, whatever yes. it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will also say that as your kids get bigger, the feeling of being so um in the fishbowl will get so much better. Right. Cause they, because, they're not physically all under you at all times. Yeah. And when you go out, like even when my kids, even when my kids were all the age where I was still often out with all five of them at once, like if we were at the grocery store, two of them were, wouldn't even be walking by yeah. me. Um, so it just feels different than when a mom with a baby, a toddler, a preschooler, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old all walk in someplace together. Then everyone's like, Whoa, yeah. what is this? And it, that <laughs> will change quickly. Um, and you'll become, you know, just like you jumped in to having four and you got good at it and efficient. It'll happen even more quickly with number five. And so yeah. you're going to be that pro that people actually are going to be a little bit wowed by and amazed by. And if you can focus on that, I feel like all the criticism is just uh, it's it's just dulled. Yeah. It's still there and it still stings. And people will say really dumb things online and don't read the comments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think but, that's good. And and it's also helpful to know, because at least at the time that Jenna sent us this, she they had pretty much just found out and hadn't started telling people. So you do kind of have to brace yourself like anything, yeah. like any big piece of news that you're like, oh, I don't know how the world's going to take this. It's it's a relatively finite period of time. You're going to get the comments when you announce you're going to get yeah. the comments as your pregnancy grows. And it's real obvious to the p- public world. Um, But it's a finite period of time and you get infinite amount of joy and love from a fifth baby. So yes. hopefully that just kind of And be you. loud and proud about it. Like when yeah. you, you know, don't apologize to the world when you announce the pregnancy or when the baby's born or whatever it is, like this is an awesome thing you're doing. A lot of people would never do it. A lot of people could never do it. So yeah. there you go. Um, can I tell you this episode idea about I have about big families? Because maybe yes. Jenna will help us out. I don't know. I have this idea. I've had it for a while that I want to do an episode where we take like life hacks and home hacks from parents of many kids, but then apply them to like, like, like big family hacks that all families can use. Because I feel like the most genius parents, the most laid back, like inventive, resourceful, cool parents are parents of many kids because you kind of have to be. So I think it would be so fun. We have a lot of like blogging and podcasty friends who either have a lot of kids or grew up in families with lots of kids. So I think that would be really fun to like have kind of a um like a, an episode where we pull advice from all different sources about running a big family household. 
And yeah, I will just I would love and, that idea. I, I'll just absorb it because I'm just I'm a three kid <laughs> household. But Jenna, congratulations on your pregnancy. And we yeah, are congrats. rooting That's for awesome. you. Love it. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okie dokie. <laughs> we get to play uh, the audio for Emily's question. So let's do that now. I have a question about puppy love and young crushes. Um, my oldest son is in middle elementary school and he is starting to show kind of an interest in um, girls in that way. It's very appropriate. It's very just like, oh, she's kind of cute or oh, she's funny. And he has friends who have started saying things like, oh, he like likes her and she like likes him. And um, I have no idea how to have these conversations with my child. I feel like I'm set for physical puberty because that's very, it's not cut and dried, but like there's books. <laughs> And there's doctors, but there's not really any of that that I can find for talking about the emotions and how it's a new emotion for him. And he's finding it kind of embarrassing, but I want him to be able to talk to me about it and his little brother when the time comes. And I just am hoping that you've got some tips for me. Okay. Emily, thanks for the question. I have to say, this is one of those things that. I'm always a little taken aback by at how different 
people are about the way they treat crushes and boyfriend girlfriend stuff in for little kids. And I will say that my pre, my approach um for anyone less than say 12 mm-hmm. has always been to kind of neither encourage nor discourage yeah, crushes, neither like encourage nor discourage puppy love. It is what it is. I don't love when people try to like play matchmaker for their kids. I think that's weird. I do too. I don't <laughs> like talk it a, when yeah. adults say that they're so and so has a girlfriend a or a boyfriend yes. or whatever. Um, I really don't I, like that actually. I, I don't either. It, to me, it's like layering all kind, like projecting all kinds of adult stuff on kids that don't need it. Because, you know, I had a huge crush when I was in second grade. Um, but to me, what did it even mean to have a crush? I didn't want a boyfriend. I actually remember right. this boy calling me in fourth grade, the same boy I had a crush on from like second to sixth grade. He called me in fourth grade and asked me to go with him. I had no idea what that meant. So I was like, go where? Go where? I don't understand. And then I hung up and then I asked, I don't know, my mom or a friend and they told me and I was like, oh no, I should have said yes. But then I had a moment of like, I'm so relieved I didn't say yes. Yeah. Because I didn't want a boyfriend. I wanted a crush. It was a very different thing. My mom didn't need to be involved in my crush. Like there was really no need for an adult to put any of their stuff on what I was feeling about a boy at yes. that time of my life. It's a little different. I had a really cute um, situation. I won't name which kid this is because it could be potentially embarrassing, but maybe I've actually already talked about it on here, but one of my sons got a girlfriend uh-huh. and like all it happened on Instagram, um, it was age 12. Okay. And all of his cousins and brothers were with him. So they all ran to me together to show me on the phone where she had said yes via Instagram <laughs> that they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And I thought that was actually really adorable. And there was all these other relatives, like all the aunts and uncles. We said it was like it was at the holiday and everyone's standing around and everyone's congratulating him. And really the funny cute. thing is, the funny thing is, I think he just wanted for her to say yes. I don't. Then I didn't like nothing, nothing changed. They don't go anywhere. They don't, no, they don't do go anything. anywhere. Their relationship completely yeah. remained the same. I asked him at one point. So what does that even mean? And he said, well, sometimes we sit uh, by each other on the bus now. Aww. So like nothing had changed. And I besides acknowledging that he wanted me to know and was super excited I didn't feel the need to get involved at all so I guess um to answer Emily's question I think it's like I think it's great that you want him to be able to talk to you about it but I wouldn't expect that he will you know or like and I don't think he has to I I, it's such a personal thing right it's not the same as sex it's not the same as dating right it's puppy love and crushes. It's just different. I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? Okay. So I, first of all, I think some kids are wired to have crushes from very young and some kids are not. So I think in her case, she says he's middle elementary school. So let's say third or fourth grade. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, It may be that he had never thought of girls in this way before. And that it's kind of like a sudden, um, like, Oh, this is, this is a thing. And I also can't totally tell from, her question if it's his genuine feelings or if it's also that friends are starting to talk about this and it's starting to be like a thing that's talked about in class and I I distinctly remember that I was a kid who had crushes on boys from kindergarten I mean I can tell you exactly who I had crushes on from kindergarten on but I think a couple of my kids it has not been on their radar until later and then I have one who follows more of the like came came out ready to you know charm the boys so um, I think knowing that every kid comes to it differently, I love everything that you said about not projecting like that this means something more adult than they're ready for, but that it's just a natural evolution of feelings. Um, I think if he's willing to talk to you, I would I would probably ask questions about the 
the peer, not peer pressure element, but especially with boys, I think they're likely to be teased or given a hard time for having any emotions or feelings. And I would, while he's young enough to still talk to you, I would probably really encourage like, Hey, what, you know, what's, what's the chat around the classroom about this? How does that, how does that make you feel like, what can we do if we feel embarrassed or, you know, because it would be a bummer for very natural puppy love feelings to be shamed by peers. Do you know what I mean? Or, or to be turned into something uh, the kids aren't ready for. Right. And you hear about kids getting sexually active really young these days. And I think often that's because they have feelings they don't know what to do with. Right. And then are like pressured into this adult manifestation of a kid feeling. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not saying like Emily shouldn't encourage her son to talk. I just think it's also totally okay if he doesn't want to. Yes. <laughs> and if, if it's something that is very private to him, I think that's pretty normal too. I, and to- I totally I, agree. Yeah. I totally and I wouldn't agree. want to embarrass him more by like pushing it. I guess. No, my, yeah. no, not at all. Um, And I was sort of, I, yeah, it, it totally depends on how much he's, bringing it up. I think it's also a good, um, we, I have had with my fifth grader, some conversations about gossip. Um, yeah. and I think this is a good opportunity to educate kids on like you get, your feelings are great and normal and they're your feelings and you get to decide who you share them with. And mm-hmm. we can like all acknowledge that it does not feel good when our secrets are betrayed or yes. someone is gossiping about us. So I think this is like a prime time to, you know, flip the mirror around on kids and, and use it as a way to talk about, it does not feel good when people are talking about who we like or who likes who. And so that's a good, I don't know. I think it's a good learning opportunity about gossip. And if, if the kid is really private, he might learn to keep those feelings relatively private. Otherwise they're going to get talked about. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that, and I think sometimes there's these, the trick I've always kind of tried to use when talking about anything that's difficult to talk about with my kids is to talk about it as though we're not talking about them, you know, in general, like, so what's like you said, what's the chat in your classroom or how do kids in your class have crushes yet? And sometimes I just play really dumb. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just be like, Hey, so like, is that a thing yet? You know, second grade, third grade, are people having crushes? I can't remember. And if I just play really stupid, they want to educate me Yeah, and they might, they may be talking about themselves indirectly or they might not but yeah. they're either either way they're getting a chance to get something out and sometimes more comes out that way I have found them when I directly ask my kid what's going on with them I agree and, you and I think that you for can, everything yes you can use that for everything you can also sprinkle in your own memories in a very like in a very not preachy way be like yeah right. I think I do remember like I remember having some crushes when I was in whatever yep. grade um, and that will sometimes get their attention real fast like what yeah. you did like, what you did you were human um yeah yeah, I think that's I I'd be curious to hear what other listeners think yeah, about too. this, but um I think it's really normal. I hope Emily knows and her son knows it's really normal and really sweet and like you said it's not it's not like some foreboding gateway right. to other inappropriate things. It is what it is. Oh, crush. Crushes. Well, I wonder where I wonder where Kenny is. He was my first crush. <laughs> oh, Kenny. Where are you at, son? Where are you at, Kenny? All right. Um, Should we move on? Yeah. So we're going to play another question. And this is, I have to set this up, but you heard this one and you were like, oh, this is a Christmas question. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. And it's October and we're going to talk about it. Right. Okay. You're Um, right. So let's hear from Anna. Hi, Sarah and Megan. This is Anna from Ohio. 
I am just wanting to ask some questions about gift giving. I know that you've done some gift giving guides for what to give children, um, but I'm starting to think about upcoming holidays and I wanna make sure that we give our parents something really amazing. They have been the biggest help with our son over the last year and I wanna make sure that they are honored and given something extremely special at Christmas. I would love to hear some of the best ideas that you have um, for gifts that you've given to your parents. What are some good grandparent gifts at the holidays? Thanks so much. Love your show. Okay, Sarah, I have a feeling you're going to have a lot more um, specific. You're just really good at this kind of thing. And I feel like this is something I kind of always, um, I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't. The last minute, but I do have one. Okay, good. Anything with photos on it. Yeah. So like a canvas people canvas would be an mm -hmm. awesome. I know they're a sponsor. This is not a sponsored recommendation, but that would be an amazing and very unique gift, mm -hmm. I think, to give um, or to a grandparent or a photo book. And we've done mm -hmm. those through chat books. We've done those. I've done them at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of different ways to do those. I've given all of those things as grandparent gifts and they're always very well appreciated. Calendars. I used to do calendars every year, yeah. like Shutterfly. And all of the photo services are getting, they're just getting cheaper and easier and so I think, yes, I would second that. Anything with photos. First of all, Anna, I think it's so nice that you're thinking about this, especially early in the season. Um, I'm going to recommend some more like experience-based gifts. So yep. it sounds like they have been a big help with your son over the last year. So I'm going to assume they are either local or, or semi-local where you get to see them more often. Um, I think as kids go into toddler, so taking care of a baby as a grandparent is so fun and sweet. And then yeah. you have to remember that like grandparents have to keep building the relationship with the kid as the kid changes and toddlers may want to do different things. They may go through a clingy phase where they only want mom. And so I think whatever you can do to continue to like, I, I see it as like nurturing the relationship, but in a very like hands-off way. Like, I'm not going to get yeah. in there and make you sit on grandpa's lap, but I'm going to, I'm going to set the stage so that that bonding can occur. So just a couple of things you could do, like some kind of membership to a zoo or a children's museum that's in their name that if, again, if this made sense for your logistical yep. situation, I think that could be really cool. Or even a one-time thing, like tickets to like a theater ticket, a theater or ticket or like a weekend, some, like mm -hmm. at a water park or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think grandpa, especially as kids get older, um, grandparents can have a hard time. Like what, you know, what are they into? What, what would be yep. fun for everybody? Um, so I think that could be a fun one. I think on a practical note, if they are actually doing some of the caregiving, um, or helping out quite a bit, whatever you can set them up with, um, in their home that would make it easier, yes. whether it's a second, you know, like a second tricycle for the backyard. I know a lot of grandparents, um, do that kind of stuff like secondhand, like get a secondhand little sandbox or playhouse or something yep. to, to That's say like, idea. we love having our child at your home and want it yeah. to be fun. So I think that can be really fun. Um, let's see, what else did I think of? I feel like with one, one thing, I, well, yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you well, go. I was going to say one thing I went just to back up really quick to go to your experience thing. I love that idea so much. And the thing that popped into my head as we were talking about it is I would make sure it's something the kid is going to be super excited about. Yes, definitely. Maybe even more excited than the grandparents, because the last thing you want yeah. is like grandma and grandpa dragging your kid to something they don't really want to do. Yeah. That's yes. not a great dynamic. So, Agreed. yeah. And that year between one and two that she's heading into is kind of a hard one. So you some of our ideas you might even take for future, future right. years. Yes. Um, the photo gifts are always a go to. I know that this isn't even tied to the kids necessarily, but I 
love gifts for my parents and my in-laws that solve a problem that I can easily solve for them. So we like we give our parents a lot of like technology help or like help getting I've done like organizational projects for my parents. Like, let me help you organize your photos on your computer or you know, let me help you get a bunch. You're of- buying a new phone. Let's go shopping together, yes. and then I'll set it up for you. Exactly. I don't even like doing that stuff. So, and and I like my parents and in laws are they're hip to the tech, but not as much as we are because it's just right. it's just a generational difference. Um, I also have another sponsor shout out that is not sponsoring this episode, and I don't even know if we're working with them this fall at all, but that is StoryWorth. Our listeners in the past who have used it have loved it, but just you can just go to storyworth.com. Again, that's not plugged because I don't think we have a promo with them right now, but it's a way to record family memories and family stories, um, mostly by email, but you can also use voicemail. And so it's a really cool gift that kind of lasts the whole year. And I think there's so much, when you have your own kids, you start to think about these generational things, like yeah. preserving the stories from the generation above for your own kids. So StoryWorth. Um, it's such a unique service too i think it's really cool so that would definitely be something different that you know their friends probably wouldn't have yeah exactly yeah um i'm trying to think i mean after that we go into the classic socks books Mm um yeah i love giving gifts that we can all enjoy together so yeah a game like a board game a board game a movie something Mm -hmm. like that that everyone can do together Yeah. yeah But um, I also again, that might range that might be different based on the age of the kid that you're talking. about. Right. But it's still yeah, yeah, it's still a nice way to think. So now's a good time to um, plug the fact that we do have gift guide episodes, which Anna acknowledged. I think she listened last year. So we did three gift guides um, last year for babies and toddlers and then little kids and then big kids and teens. And um, if you like Anna and like me like to start thinking about holiday gift lists as early as October, you should definitely go listen to those. I'll link them up in the show notes. Um, but this has given us inspiration that maybe we should create a list this year of like gifts yeah. for other adults in Love your life. Idea. Cause I think we could definitely touch on some more. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Did we solve all the world's Problems? I don't know if we solved them, but we did our best. We did our best. We, um, our, okay. we solved as much as we could today. <laughs> yes. In this in this brief meeting. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to do our cue it up segment this week. You did it last week. Um, and it's a perfect fit for Anna's question. And so last year in October, we did an episode called Holiday Prep Now for an easier December. And it's purposely aired in October. And it wasn't just about gift buying. It was all kinds of um, ways to think about the holiday season ahead of time so that you're less stressed and scrambling last minute. We talked about things like calendar planning for the things you really want to do um, and all kinds of all kinds of ways to think about holiday prep. So if you are a planner, that's from October 25th of 2017, and it's called Holiday Prep Now for an easier December. And you can just scroll back in your app, whatever you're listening to us on right now. And click that one. It's, it was a really fun one. It was another I remember, one, Megan. I dragged well, you. I dragged yes, you kicking and screaming. That's what I was just going to say. I remember kind of being like, you cray. It's yeah. like October. I'm not ready to talk about this stuff yet. But <laughs> when we really dug in, first of all, I realized I had a lot more to say than I thought. That yeah. often happens. And also that it was closer than I thought. Yes. You know, you by the time you get into November... It's like you're there. And I, so. I fully acknowledge that there's like a good half of our listenership who's like, meh, I don't care. I, I like the big December buzz feeling. I'd have no yeah. need to obsess about this two months early. And so I am not taking that away from anybody. But that episode is there for the other half of you who, I don't know, you can't help yourselves. Your brain just goes there <laughs> like mine. Um, Sarah, we should also talk a little bit about Patreon. Let's do. Yes. Well, I'm please. so excited to see the names trickling in yeah. um, of people who are joining our Patreon community. Um, 
as a reminder, that is a kind of a way to support us beyond just listening. Um, it The fees from that cover sort of things that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And there's also some benefits in it for you. If you join as a patron, you get freebies and little bonuses. Like we have a private Facebook community, which has been really fun so far. It's we've really got, fun. um, we've got content that'll be exclusive to patrons and things like that. So check it out. Um, and you can just go to it's patreon.com slash the mom hour. So that's P A T R E O N.com slash the mom hour. And just to let you guys know, some of these benefits come out quarterly. Mm-hmm. And so we want, we need you to, you know, get, go ahead and get signed up in the next month or so because the first quarterly benefits are going to drop in early November. Yep. Yeah. I have just been really enjoying getting to know listeners at a more, I yeah. feel like a little more intimate level in the Facebook group. Um, it's not, it, Everything that you already get for free is not going away. We're not yeah, you, using this. You're as always going to get up to, you know, about, about eight episodes a month for free. Yep. That's not going to change. And we'll, we, uh, we'll continue to, of course, interact with you on our Facebook and our Instagram communities and by email. So it's not like it's not nothing is changing there. But there's a different um, a different vibe in the Facebook group because it is sort of like a inner circle situation. Yep. And it's really fun to get to know listeners and see people interact with each other. So I've it's just just really kicking off the last week or so. But I've been enjoying that a lot. Me too. A whole bunch. All right, guys. Well, um, let us know, as always, what you think of our advice for our listeners. You can always email us your advice questions or your um, listener questions at hello at themomhour.com. Bonus points if you record your voice saying them. You got to hear some voices today and we love it so much. And then everything we talked about will link up at themomhour.com. And Megan will be back with everybody soon. See you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.